What did the Zen monk say to the hot dog vendor? Make me one with everything. This is the Fabric Podcast, and while the idea of prayer might feel like a joke, we're spending these next episodes wondering together at the multifaceted practice of prayer and how it has the potential to deeply connect us or help us see how we're already one with everything. How is it with you? How is it in you? I'm Melissa. I can tell you that I have been in a wrestling match trying to conquer prayer and it has beat me. (laughs) Um, It has won. So I am going to be practicing the message through this time together of trusting that everything is holy now. And um, we're going to be practicing some radical acceptance for you too, and me, and gentleness. And we're going to see where that takes us. And to start, I want to suggest finding your heartbeat. Maybe you want to do it right on your heart. Find it in your pulse. Maybe if you put your fingers together, you can feel your your pulse, any of those things. We come come here for all kinds of reasons. Um, And we show up with all kinds of realities. And our hearts beat diligently, pushing blood around our veins and oxygen and taking away what needs to be taken away. And we can be, we can just be here. It's not often we get to just sit and rest and not do, not think, not decide things. Just be and let that heart beat and let all the things be for a moment. So that is the invitation here. to just be. I had some ambitious questions in mind, and I still do, probably the most ambitious. Everything is holy now. Really? I love that song. It's beautiful. Beautiful. But what does that even mean? How can everything be holy? Really? I bet right now you can help me list some things, and I'd like you to. Where is it hard to believe that today? Everything is holy. The tragedy in Nashville. Holy? People, I know, struggling with mental illness. That holy? 
What else is hard for you to say? Everything is holy. What else is difficult? Loss. Injustice. War. Indifference. Slow change. Change you wonder, will it ever, ever happen? You work and work. Our own internal demons that seem to stick around. Are those holy? <laughs> yeah. I do, it, it, it makes the question, what does holy even mean, um, come to the fore. And I want to read a poem, one to kind of lighten it up, because everything um, is not so bad either, right? That is what we also know, um, regardless of our current perceptions and feelings or experience, um, there's always more going on. There's always more going on. So we're talking about praying without ceasing, and um, this, this poem came to mind, and I wonder if there is holiness in it. And it's from our friend Mike Russert. And when I read it, to you, I wonder what you'll think. I loved it last week, and today I find it a little bit hard to believe. So, I am an underwear sniffer. I am an underwear sniffer. Socks, too. It comes with the job description, parent. I've grumbled a lot about this task. Can you think of any tasks you've grumbled about? I've grumbled a lot about this task and most of the others, but I'm getting better. Laughter helps. Like when you realize you're sniffing your kid's underwear, which, whether clean or dirty, always seems to find its way to the floor. Ha! What a gift it is to be free to be a servant. Next on the get free from grumbling list, drying those always wet winter boots that cracker box left on the counter. Oh joy, another gift of a day. Let me be a servant and wear this beautiful smile. Ha! <laughs> Is that holy? <sighs> people thought that Jesus was holy, and some people still do. I think that I do um, today. Today's Palm Sunday, by the way. You might remember it when you were young. You, if you went to a Catholic community church or a Protestant church, you probably had a day where you got 
branches of palm trees. And it was when Jesus was entering Jerusalem, this holy city, he was entering it during a very big week, uh, Passover week. And that week already was remembering a kind of rebellious story. And so it was already a time of heightened tension. And and Jesus chose that time to enter, um, I think, because Jesus was stirring things up. A lot of people had started following Jesus, and he was a new kind of king. There was a lot of healing that happened around him in his presence, it seemed. Things people didn't think were possible. And um, there was this new kind of teaching that people hadn't heard before. It was different. It seemed like maybe things could be different for people's lives. The establishment, however, was quite threatened. They didn't want a new king. They wanted to be the king, right? So I don't know about you, but I can relate to both parties. I want to be the king sometimes, be in control. I mean, that has served us well in our lives, right? We need to learn to have some self-efficacy, some independence, and, and to, to make things and to like, even build some cool stuff and, and be able to handle things and manage things, right? But let's be honest, a lot of times that ends up being quite the Lone Ranger endeavor. We kind of want to be the king and have it all and handle it all. A king that can kind of be in charge of all that stuff that we're not quite sure is holy, that shouldn't belong. We also want to have a king, a king that can just take care of all that stuff, and if it's not taken care of, one that we can, we can just point to and blame for all of it and reject and have it be out there, you know, away from us. So sometimes... I want to have that king. Sometimes I want to be the king. Either way, it feels like a losing proposition with Jesus. Um, There's a book called Breathing Underwater. And when Chris, Lilahai, and I were talking about wrestling with this prayer stuff, um, it came up, and, and he mentioned that was one of his favorites or maybe his favorite theology book. And I had heard of it, hadn't read it. I ended up going to see my parents, and there it was on the bookshelf in the room that I was staying in. So I pulled it out and started reading it, and and there's a a summary of of why Jesus is so both compelling and and so impossible. Um, It's a summary of of the wisdom of, of Jesus and also of the wisdom represented in the 12 steps. So the book is called Breathing Underwater, Spirituality and the 12 Steps. And he's working on how do those, how do those both like represent this, this paradoxical wisdom? So this is, the, this is the thing that Richard Rohr says about Jesus and about this wisdom about how life works, how love works. We suffer to get well. We surrender to win. We die to live. We give it away to keep it. This wisdom will be forever resisted as true. 
It will be denied and avoided until it is forced upon us by some reality over which we are powerless. No one likes to be powerless. And if we're honest, we are all powerless in the face of full reality. We suffer to get well. Aren't we supposed to suffer in order to find out who to blame? We surrender to win. Aren't we supposed to surrender only when we lose and fight to win and compare to be on top and measure? We die to live. Isn't life just about avoiding death? That's kind of what it, what it feels like, playing it safe. And finally, we give it away to keep it. I don't know about you, but I, I want to have, especially the people that I love, the things that I love, I want to have them. I don't want to give them away. Um, and there are things we think we've earned and that we deserve. And we don't want to let that go. This is tough. But if we are honest, we are all powerless in the face of full reality, this three-stranded reality that we're a part of. It's not just us, is it? We live with other real people, real flossom people, as I like to say. And they're not always so easy. And the circumstances are not always easy. And the universe is big, and it's beautiful, but it's also quite cold and inhospitable to life. There also seems to be this other force, the one that drives up through the green stem and turns into a flower. That's what we're part of, too. It's powerful, it's scary, it's big. I want you to think about something you want to be different. And I know that's a hard question um, sometimes. Maybe it's not for you. For me, it is sometimes. What do you want? It sounds so simple, but what do you want? Jesus asks that question all the time if you read through the Gospels. He knows what people want, doesn't he? But there's something in the asking. There's something in our admitting that we want something. So I want you to think about that. What is something you want? And just kind of place it right in your hand and tuck it away, okay? Jesus' disciples and followers in the crowd, they wanted to have him and keep him. And he went and gave himself away. It seems that it wasn't his ruling over his power over all the things and the people where the healing was. But it was in his presence with all the things and with the people right in it. Presence. <laughs> presence. Do I have the courage, do you have the courage to see and sit with and accept what really just is right now, inside of you, the other people around you, in this world. I mean, sometimes it's just the underwear, right? Sometimes it's dreams that are so good and big that they're scary. Um, 
Sometimes it's someone offering to actually love us. And it's good, but it's also scary, right? There's, there's risk in all of this. And um, on the days that it's hard, which come, they do, we need reminders um, that come in the form of bodies and in eyeballs and in arms and hands. And we need them right in the moment that we're in. There's a, a set of some old, old words. Before Paul said, pray without ceasing, what is that? It's not talk without ceasing. That would be dumb. All of us just sitting here, come Lord Jesus, be our guest. Come Lord Jesus. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about. It's not think without ceasing. Paul wrote, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God is the end of that. Ooh, that's a strong statement. But some thousands of years before, many of those people, I think, would have been Jewish. Well, Paul certainly was and would have known Moses' words to the Hebrew people who were wrestling with how to find life, how to follow this this all that is, this integrity, this God. And the command, Moses said, this command that God had given them, it was not too mysterious or remote for you. It is not up in the sky, nor is it across the sea. No, it is something very near to you. It's already in your mouths and in your hearts. You have only to carry it out. Presence here, close, here and now. Is it really possible? Could it be? Could it be that near? Could it be that close? Could it be that easy? I keep going back and forth. Is this easy or is this hard? It seems easy sometimes. Like we make it way too hard. All these things get in the way. But maybe, maybe it's really ease. Which we can find, which is better, better than easy. It's better than better. And maybe it is as close as our breath, um, that name of the God who gave that, that command. The name in Hebrew sounded more like a sound of breathing. That's, that's God. That's close. That's right here. And as close as our diligent hearts beating, So, living prayerfully is more of a posture than something we do, and it's weaving with all that is in each moment. How do we do that? We learn to see, open our eyes, we learn to be present with, 
and accept what is right here with reverence. With reverence. Maybe everything is holy now. Somehow. I'm going to be sharing a poem with all of us. And a friend of mine shared it with me at a time when I needed a reminder. And so, yeah, so I'm using it again today. Why not, right? Admit something. Everyone you see, you say to them, love me. Of course, you do not do this out loud. Otherwise, someone would call the cops. Still, though, think about this, this great pull in us to connect. Why not become the one who lives with a full moon in each eye? Always saying with that sweet moon language what every other eye in the world is dying to hear. Thanks for listening. We hope these conversations are helpful and connective. You can find out more about Fabric at fabricmpls.com. There you can find notes from previous conversations and other resources for deepening your relationships with the threads of yourself, others, and that third strand we often call God. You can also find ways of connecting to a group, whether you're in the Twin Cities or not. You can join in supporting this community financially, too. It's through the generous giving of people like you that Fabric is sustained. Again, that's fabricmpls.com. Thanks for being Fabric in your unique way.